And I think it's probably important to understand what I'm all about and my philosophy because I truly believe that there isn't a one-size-fits-all diet mm-hmm. plan. Mm-hmm. As much as people want that, you know, they, they like it all boxed up and fits nicely into something like a diet plan and that's what sells, like, mm-hmm. you know, that's what sells books. And This is so, the one. Yeah, yeah, the code. exactly. And yes, it's worked for that person or the author but and that's great but it doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to work for everyone. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Adventure Fit Radio. Today, what we have for you is we have an episode with Joe Guy. Uh, So this is another flashback episode. Uh, Basically, this is an episode from about a year and a half ago nearly. We've been doing this for a while now. Um, So a little bit of an update of what's going on there. So um, we are just giving ourselves a little break from recording. Um, I've been away and um, had a lot going on. And, uh, and we're also, Tommy's moving to Bali. So we're trying to, um, trying to have a bit of a break so we can figure out what we do with Adventure Radio going forward. Adventure Radio will carry on. Me and Tommy are going to sit down and record a ton of shows with, uh, with some cool guests and also just me and Tommy before he shoots off. Not sure how long he's going to be over there for. Really cool opportunity for him. Um, what we're going to do is we may, uh, we may, I think, be having um, some some different co-hosts on with me going forward. So it'll be Tommy and it'll be um, a couple of our other favourites. So in the meantime, please uh, just bear with us. We've got a couple of flashback episodes. Last week was Diane McGrath. Epic, um, epic chat with Diane McGrath about the potential of moving to Mars and never coming back. And this week is Joe Guy, and it's all about um, nutrition, basically. This is one of our all-time favorite shows. It's a very long show, um, but it's all filled with absolute goodness. And, uh, and definitely when we released it, and still to this day, one of our most popular shows we've ever recorded. So you guys are going to love it. Before you head in and check out the show, check out True Protein, our sponsor for today's show. True Protein are a supplement company from Australia who are absolutely amazing with, uh, with everything that they do. So basically, guys, if you want any of your proteins, your, um, your meal replacement blends, your mass gainers, your carbohydrates, creatines, health food powders, sleep and recovery proteins, literally everything under the sun, True Protein have it. And uh, they have it in really high quality, so much so that... Um, most of Australia's high-level athletes and some of our highest-level sporting clubs use True Protein. So check them out, guys. You can check them out at www.trueprotein.com.au and use the code ADVF for 10% off. Also, guys, we are brought to you by Adventure Fit Travel. So Adventure Fit Travel, guys, basically what we have coming up over the next year, we have a bunch of epic trips all around the world, um, traveling with like-minded people. Basically, guys, we're trying to improve the world through travel, exercise, mindfulness, and conversation. That's, that's what we're all about. That's what we're here to do. So over the next, uh, over the next 12-month period, we have Vietnam coming up uh, in August. We're wrapping up sales for that right now. South Africa in September, Iceland and the Auroras in November. We have an alumni-only trip for our past trippers. They voted on it, and uh, so they get to go on it to Argentina over New Year's. 
you guys, most of you listening probably aren't available to jump on that one, but that's an, uh, something that we do for our for our alumni. Uh, then we've got Mexico in Feb, Everest Base Camp in April, and Thailand in May. We'll also have Bali coming back next year, and then we'll be back into Vietnam and so forth. So uh, we might do a few private trips along the way, I would assume, but that's our stable of, of trips. If you want to come join us on one of those guys, you'll have the best time of all time. Uh, and you can do so by heading to www.adventurefittravel.com and using the code RADIO at checkout for 10% off. Anyway, guys, here's the show. Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. Rule number one, no touching of the hair or face. And that's it. Yo. Welcome back to Adventure Radio, guys. We are here with Joe Guy. Uh, Joe has joined us for a chat about uh, all things diet today. Uh, before I throw to Joe and introduce her properly, we'll, uh, we'll go to Tommy, who's on my left as usual, and uh, we'll start with Tommy's tribute. Excellent. Well, welcome aboard, Joe. Uh, this is a song that I really started listening to about three weeks ago, um, and I thought I'd learn it and then uh, write a tribute for you. So here we go. Uh, I don't need a pick for this. <laughs> All right. Have you heard this one before? Mm-mm-mm-mm. By... Oh, what's it called? I've well, completely really forgotten well, who this is. I can't, yeah. it's a, that's actually the name of the song. It's like... Mm-mm-mm. By um, the bloody... Anyway, I'll play it. Not yet, but yeah, I might. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> This girl who rode a bike from London to Paris on her own But when she finally came back She got herself right into nutrition She couldn't quite explain it And now she's always in it with people helping them with weight loss muscle gain and life and she she loves to crossfit but not really anymore <laughs> if it wasn't for a man named Huey I'd have her as my wife but <laughs> let's talk about the mind let the show unwind Oh, 
Thank you so much. That was beautiful. <laughs> well, I wrote, yeah, she loves to cross it, but I just found out that you don't anymore. So, and I'm the same, so I, it's great. I, I do a bit. I yeah. do a bit. We, we sort, of, sort of like to cross it. <laughs> that was good. I'm really looking forward to the time when um, when we're rolling in the Benjamins, Tommy, and I don't have to lean over with my to to pick up the guitar. Uh, it yeah, sucks that now we, right we're, uh, we're, we're recording because people will be able to see yeah. our... our uh, they can tell otherwise. loves to build... Um, <laughs> no, that was incredible. Thank you. Um, Joe, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks cool. for having me. No worries. Um, so why don't you tell us um, tell us a little bit about yourself, Joe, a little bit about who you are and uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so I am an accredited practicing dietitian and a health coach. Uh, So in my uni course, I did a lot of clinically based work. So most people ask, what's the difference between a nutritionist and a dietitian? That was my next question. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm stumped now. (laughs) (laughs) So um, the main difference is really that a dietitian is qualified to work in hospitals where a nutritionist... isn't, Mm -hmm. I guess. That's the main difference. So at uni, I did a lot of work in hospitals and absolutely hated it. Um, I mean, they do have a very important place, but I just felt that people are in there. It's the end of the road. Like they've had the leg amputated from poorly controlled diabetes. And Mm -hmm. I was coming in saying, eat your low GI carbohydrates and cut out sugar and Um, So, yeah, I just found it a bit futile. So I decided to go into the preventative side of things um, and go into more of your education. So I went into workplace health and going into companies and running health and wellbeing programs. Um, So I did that for, yeah, quite a few years. And over the years, I've just started to develop my own philosophy around nutrition and health and have eventually decided to start my own practice and my own business. So that's been going for about 12 months in Melbourne. Um, So I see clients for a whole different range of reasons. Tommy uh, sung about a few there. (laughs) (laughs) So definitely fat loss is a really big one. Mm -hmm. Um, Sporting performance and muscle gain. I do see a lot of CrossFitters. Um, I see a lot of gut issues, Mm -hmm. um, just overall energy levels. Um, I see quite a few eating disorders as well. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, but also people just coming because they are just so confused about nutrition. Like there's just so much misinformation mm, out yeah. there. Um, social media makes it really confusing. Like there's, you know, everyone's an expert. Everyone's got an opinion. Um And also just like the science around nutrition is confusing as well. So one day a study will come out saying coffee is really good for you. The next day a study will come out saying coffee is really bad for you. So, um, and then the media grab onto that and just make it whatever they Mm, want to. So people just come with like, you know, am I doing the right thing? They just want, um, yeah, questions answered meal ideas, recipes, that sort of stuff. So okay. um, so I do a lot of one-on-one, but I also do quite a lot of seminars as well, particularly in CrossFit gyms, um, other sort of like personal training studios, and then I still do a bit of workplace health as well, so corporate health programs. Do you still cool. find that people think that carbs and fats will make you fat? 
Like, do people still... Oh, fat, yeah. fat makes you fat. Fat makes you fat, yeah. yeah. That's, that's yeah. Still, are people still that... Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So, yeah, definitely still demonising certain macronutrients mm. for sure. Fat is a big one. So we had the whole low-fat movement uh, since the 70s. So that is really ingrained in mm. most people's minds. And mm. it is very confusing because we use the same word um, for being overweight as the macronutrients. Yeah, so exactly. I think that's, that's yeah. just... 100%. Yeah, that's right. It's very false advertising. Yeah. It's branded. It's terrible branding. Yeah, it <laughs> is. It how, really is. Look how carbohydrate that bloke is over there. <laughs> It doesn't roll the same way. No, it doesn't work. Exactly. That dude's carb as fuck. (laughs) I'm protein as fuck. (laughs) Yeah, so, um, I mean, that's what I learned at uni. Like, low fat was the way to go, you know, carbohydrates, six to 11 serves of breads and cereals. Mm. Like, that's what we actually learned. Mm -hmm. So, for people that haven't really changed with, you know, the the science like that's still being practiced mm. out yeah. there as well well the healthy the healthy um the healthy food pyramid only got updated whenever it was a year or two ago in australia and then that that was going through schools the um processed carbohydrates was the the base of your nutrition yeah on the healthy food pyramid yeah. and that's the thing that like you talk about in in university you were um <laughs> you that's what you were taught and for the people that are listening or just audio-wise, Joe isn't 70 years old and just sounds, yeah. sounds young. She's, yeah. young. she's young. You know what I mean? It was yesterday that, that yeah. effectively that you were learning the wrong, basically yeah. a lot of the wrong information. And for, for something like health, which is the biggest thing in the world, mm-hmm. basically the biggest thing, the most important thing to, that every, to every person out there, it's funny that it slipped under the radar with all the, all the wrong science and it was able to get this far. How, how has that happened? Yeah, I mean, there's probably a lot of things that have influenced it over the years. Um, Probably the biggest one that I get asked a lot is around fat and cholesterol and um, saturated fats and that whole diet myth. Um, And that's how the high-carbohydrate movement sort of came in and the breads and cereals because we thought that fat was the devil. So Mm -hmm. if we take fat out, we have to replace it with something else. So that's where the carbohydrates came in. So I think the original studies done in the 50s um, was actually done on uh, mice or rabbits. No, it was done on rabbits and they fed rabbits a really high saturated fat diet um, and their cholesterol went through the roof. Mm. But the problem with that is that rabbits aren't meant to eat saturated fat. They're like herbivores. They eat plants. Mm, mm, yeah. So that's where it originally stemmed from. And then there was the whole... That's so dumb. Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. And this is what our science is based on. Like oh it's extrapolated God. from animal studies. And yeah. so it's never... You can't really just take anything for face value. Like no. you have to go back and look at, you know, the what was the study done on? What was the population size? All that sort of thing yeah. plays a really big role. Um, and then I'm sure you've probably heard of the Ankel Keys professor study where the seven countries study where he looked at seven countries and um, the countries with the highest saturated fat had the highest rates of heart disease. There you go. But the problem with that is he actually just cherry-picked his data. So I think there was over, you know, there was 25 countries in his study um, and there was absolutely no correlation whatsoever. So he just picked out the countries where that really? was the case. So he made the, he made the correlation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, and then somehow that got into the whole, you know, government mm. and it just rolled from there. So, yeah, it's funny. It's funny that that's the problem with the studies that you hear is 
depends who is also funding the studies. Oh, exactly. You know, because 100%. you can if you really if you get a bunch of data and you spend a lot of money getting all this data in the world, you can really frame it whichever way you like, depending on whose side you're you're really fighting on. Mm. But um, definitely. So, so I don't know. Let's say like. Um, Say somebody somebody comes in and wants to see you, and they want to come in for let's let's touch on the the biggest one first, and that yeah. is obviously fat loss. Everybody yes. wants to be trim and look good naked, all that stuff. So, what do you what do you say to someone who comes in? Say they've got a regular diet, they eat um, reasonably well, but they eat a bit of crappy stuff. Like, there's all these diets out there, so um, whether it's a it's a low carb diet, whether it's total ketogenic diet. Whether it's paleo, like what type of what type of what would you say to somebody that wants to come in and wants to trim up and lose fat? Okay, so that's a that's a big question, um, and I think it's probably important to understand what I'm all about and my philosophy because I truly believe that there isn't a one size fits all diet mm-hmm. plan. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as people want that, you know, they they like it all boxed up and. Um, fits nicely into something like a diet plan and that's what sells like mm-hmm. you know that's what sells books and this is so, the one yeah yeah code. exactly and yes it's worked for that person or the author but and that's great but it doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to work for everyone mm-hmm. so it really does depend on people's age their gender their genetics their body type um, their activity and their goals their current health status Um, their psychology around eating and food, um, their budget, like all these sorts of things come into play. So I take all those things into consideration. um, And I also take a really holistic approach to my clients as well. So I'm not going to just look at the food that's on someone's plate. Yes, of course, I look at that. But there's a whole lot of other things that um, can play a big role, particularly in fat loss. So I'll look at things like stress. I'll look at sleep. Um... Of course, their activity level, I'll look at if they're happy in their job. So if someone's coming home and polishing off a whole packet of rice crackers and a whole tub of hummus because they've been absolutely hummus. miserable. Hummus. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Do you like that hummus. word? Oh, like that. That's just a really fun word. Hummus. And the, the emphasis was so good. You know, it's a really uh, hummus. <laughs> Sorry, continue. Sorry, I'll have to say, say it like we that have, every time different, now. We have a different meaning for, uh, for the, the hummus. It's not right now. No, no, no. No, no, no. Okay, so yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll say tatsiki. Yeah. Well, we, we, we have another name for that as well. <laughs> um. Okay, avocado dip. But, um, yeah, that's good. Yeah, so it's, if they're absolutely miserable in their job and they're, you know, stuffing their face with a packet of Tim Tams, whatever it might be, it's obviously not about the food. So mm. if I don't ask these questions, mm. I'll just say stop eating the Tim Tams and that's obviously not going to work. So definitely taking that holistic approach is really important for me. Um, I'll give you a good example actually why that's important in terms of fat loss. So I have a client, um, he's actually quite young, he's 17 Mm -hmm. and he's a footballer so he really wants to get into the AFL. Um, So he's still at school, he's training really hard but they said you have to drop a bit of body fat. So I think, you know, you'd do a lot better if you were a little bit lighter. Mm Mm-hmm. So um, we chatted about everything about his diet and, 
you know, obviously his nutrition is going to be really important. His recovery is going to be super important. So we're talking about that. And then I asked him about his sleep and it turns out he's only sleeping a few hours a night because he's going to school, going to training, coming home and then playing Xbox and computer games and stuff online with his friends till Mm. like three in the morning. And then he's getting up, going to school, you know, training really hard. And we know that sleep is so important for your recovery. Um, It's when all your, you know, um, immune system repairs Mm -hmm. and it's obviously very important for fat loss as well. He's probably going to be craving a lot more sugary foods the next day. It messes up your hormones. So, um, that was, that's a really good example of how Mm -hmm. things can, um, yeah, why I need to take. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So with, um, with the sleep one, for example, because I, I, me and Tommy, uh, me and Tommy were talking about how much, um, bro science comes out of our mouth. So I'm not going to try and (laughs) terrible. The last show we just released, we talked about, um, global warming and I famously now, um, talked about how, um, I believe that global warming is going to, the world will um, get so hot that we'll end up in an ice age. And I know no science behind it. And I think that I may have been wrong, judging yeah. by what we've been told from the listeners. Yep. Right, okay. But, <laughs> but um, like, so tell us the science of sleep and how that can affect you. Um, you just said then that it, um, it'll affect your fat loss and it'll stuff up your hormones. Like, if you're not getting enough sleep, you're getting three hours sleep. What actually, what does that actually do to your body, apart from training wise, like for new nutrition? Yeah. So, in terms of fat loss and hormones, what actually happens is um, you get an imbalance of hormones. So you'll get an increase in ghrelin, which is your hunger hormone. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you wake up, you'll have really high levels of ghrelin. So you're going to feel a lot more hungry yep. um, than you would if you've had a very restorative sleep. So what we so when you sleep, then you'll get high levels of um, leptin, which is your satiety hormone. Mm-hmm. So that's probably the main difference. Then when you're feeling tired and crappy, your energy levels are low, you're going to crave those more sugary carbohydrate type foods. And mm-hmm. then that starts you on this blood sugar roller coaster. And then you're kind of just setting yourself up for disaster. So mm-hmm. taking out the whole recovery aspect of things, that's probably the main component when we're looking at weight loss. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if somebody also has like, um, somebody has kind of personal issues, like you said, they're really stressed at their job or um, they're in a bad relationship or something like that. Do you use, do you refer them on? Like, do you use another allied health pressure? Do you say, look, I don't think um, we're really going to get any progress until you go and see a psychologist and talk through some things or what do you do in that yeah, situation? Yeah, definitely. I do refer to a psychologist. Um, but also sometimes it's just making the person aware of their behavior. Mm. They might not even realize that that's why they're doing it. So... Um, I've got one client at the moment and she's really unhappy in her job and just as a bit of a reward, she'd drive home and instead of going home and preparing a healthy dinner, she'd get a burger and chips or something that, you know, that's going to make her feel good. Um, And she didn't even really realise that that's why she was doing it. So she's actually um, applying for new jobs now just from me just pointing it out to her Mm. and it's just creating a bit of a shift in there. Um, in their thought patterns, but certainly if it's out of my scope, I will, I will refer on. So, um, yeah, but I feel like I didn't really answer your question properly before in terms of if someone wants to lose weight. So my only real food principle is to eat real food. So no fads, you know, just eating real whole food as nature intended. So eating the whole egg with the yolk, because I look at the yolk and I see choline, which is super important for metabolism and muscle function and there's fat soluble vitamins and all that sort of stuff um so really just if it comes out of the ground off a tree or from an animal it's okay to eat so that's my real um number one food principle 
And then from there, it just depends on the person. So um, as I said before, taking into all those factors, really, if someone comes to me and they need to lose weight, it will generally be a step-by-step process. So giving someone a diet or a meal plan, you know, count your macros, do this, 40% protein, whatever it might be. It's just really, really difficult for someone that um, doesn't really know where to begin. So it might be um, the first thing I'll look at is correcting any sort of micronutrient um, or any sort of nutrient deficiencies. So generally, if someone's deficient in a certain nutrient, that's making them feel really crappy. Um, They're feeling tired, lethargic. They can't train. um, They're not burning fat as a fuel. They might not be having a restorative sleep and it all... Um, interplays with each other. So I'll look at correcting any of those deficiencies. Um, Quite often that's uh, a lack of protein, um, certainly your micronutrients like magnesium, zinc, or it might be essential fatty acids like omega-3. And then it'll just be, okay, so where are we going to start? Let's just start with breakfast. What do you think you can do for breakfast? Um, For a lot of my clients that are really busy, it might be something like a smoothie. Okay, great. Um, so quite a lot of my clients actually go out and buy a Nutribullet or something like mm. that. Um, and then I know that they're getting protein, they're getting um, good fats. We can add some vegetables in there to start to correct those micronutrient deficiencies. And then once they start just nailing that for two weeks or even four weeks, but they need to be doing it consistently, then we can move on to the next thing. Okay. So what would um, – let's, let's just put it into practical terms. Yep. If I was going to start the day with the perfect smoothie – Yes. Um, just for just for health and wellness, and yeah, I've got a Nutribullet over there. Yes, I could see. And, uh, <laughs> and I, I normally have um, I have um, spinach or kale. Perfect. Then I have um, blueberries. Yep. Avocado, coconut water, and I used to put chia seeds in there. And a, oh, and a banana. Bar. What's that? And a Snickers bar. And a Snickers bar. <laughs> yeah, and a Snickers bar. Um, and, a, and a banana. That's my smoothie. What? How does that rate? Or what would you? What would you start the okay. day with? Okay, it's um, it's pretty good. It's tasty. It's it's almost there. So the main ingredient or macronutrient that you're missing is probably protein. Mm-hmm. So I would put a couple of raw eggs in there. I did that. Uh, I've done that before. Doesn't oh, really, now it comes out. It doesn't really. <laughs> no, you don't. It doesn't really funky up the taste as much as what no, I thought. It's, it you can't yeah, really. It's you can't really tell too much. It doesn't. So, but that's what you would do. You would get some. You would get um, people on. Uh, what's your What's your daily smoothie? My smoothie. So I kind of like a an avocado mm. chocolate one. Ooh. So I don't have smoothies tell every single more. day, but um, <laughs> I'll tell you the ingredients in a sec. But the main things that we're looking at when we're building a smoothie is we want protein, we want healthy fats, we want your green leafies, and then some fruit for carbohydrates. And some chocolate. And some chocolate. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Cacao. It's like one of the highest antioxidant foods in the planet. There you go. So, um, so yeah. So yours was really good because you had the healthy fats, you got the carbs, you got the greens, mm-hmm. but it was just lacking in a little bit of protein. So mm-hmm. that's why the raw eggs are good. People generally freak out when I say that, but mm. when they try it, they're like, can't even taste it. Mm-hmm. Um, a really good quality, clean protein powder can be an option. Um, a hemp protein is generally a really good one. It's the least processed. Um, Blows that shit up in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, so in my smoothie, I like using avocado as the fats because um, I don't actually like bananas. So <laughs> really? <laughs> no. My mate, Louis, my mate Louis is like that. 
freaks out. Yeah. He's like gags when he sees a banana. Really? Yeah, yeah we travel through Europe with him, so we'd like put bananas in his sleeping bag <laughs> and stuff like that. That's what my sister and I like a little really? bit. Yeah, we've both got a bit of a phobia. I think she trained me to have the phobia. My older sister yeah. just did whatever she did, but still got it. So, phobia bananas. <laughs> there must be a thing for that. Yeah. Banana phobia. Banana phobia, <laughs> definitely. Um, yeah, so I'll have the avocado, I'll put blueberries, I'll put a like a plant-based chocolate protein in. Sometimes I'll just use cacao and then hemp seeds for the protein. Um, almond milk, uh, what else? Spinach and coconut. Okay, cool. I've got um. So the when you mentioned that um, client you had before about you know driving past and getting a burger and chips and stuff to get mm-hmm. away from the almost like an escape. Yeah. Um, I'm really interested in that sort of stuff and why why some of the time we do that like. I've heard that, you know, eating all those fatty and sugary foods can trigger the same receptors in our mind, in our brain that can, this is the same as cocaine. And it's like, it's just an addiction sort of thing. Yeah, that's true. But why do we, is that purely the reason why we we look to get those foods in times of stress? Or is there actually something else why we're like, is it the actual food genuinely does taste better or I don't know? Yeah, I think it's a bit of both of those things. Like we've just grown up knowing that they're the treat foods, but they definitely do, as you said, they food can be like a drug. Mm. So um, particularly with sugar, there has been a lot of studies showing that it um, stimulates the part of the brain that cocaine does, so mm. that reward centre in the brain. Um, certainly with gluten and wheat, um, that does the same thing, as well as casein in cow's milk and right. dairy. So with gluten and I casein, love all that shit. yeah, yeah, shit. well, there's actually a, a scientific <laughs> reason for it. Yeah. So, oh, I feel so bad now. Though. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> and that's um, that's why sometimes we're just working against our bodies. You know, people just think, oh, I don't have any willpower, but these foods are actually, you know, playing havoc on your brain and, mm. and your biochemistry. Mm. So with gluten and casein, they actually form compounds um, called glutamorphin and casomorphin, and these are like opioids they're, oh, they're, wow. morph- they're morphine like so they actually um, cross the blood brain barrier and they stimulate um, those parts of the brain so the reward centers of wow. the brain so you actually get a little mild kind of um, pleasurable feeling from yeah. these foods like you might not notice it when you eat a sandwich or something but just these tiny little effects do create kind of an addictive mm. behaviour towards yeah. these foods. Like a micro dose of heroin. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, nothing is as good as heroin. Let me tell you that. I'll More show you. Ice. <laughs> yeah, ice, yeah. Um, that's interesting. Go, that's really I, I don't know where I was, what I was listening to, but I was listening to something the other day. So when we have, um, say also, why do we binge on, on unhealthy food? Bec- um, I have a question, like say you've got... Um, where was I listening to? I think I was listening to a Rogan podcast or something. <laughs> but they were talking about, um, say you've got some relatively healthy, tasty snack. Mm. You'll only eat maybe the right portion, one or two portions of that relatively healthy, tasty snack because you get nutritional value and your body can uh, can receive that and that notes that. Whereas if you get like a bag of Doritos and you're still getting the same taste, so it's, yeah. that, it's that tasty snack, but it's not healthy. So, and your body doesn't, it doesn't get the nutrients it wants. So a body, your body just wants just keep to keep going. feeding on it. Is that a, is that a yeah. truth? So, yeah. So, so that's another reason why we, we binge then. Yeah, definitely. Right. Definitely. Particularly on those processed foods. Um, our bodies just don't really know what to do with it. Yeah. So it's not really registering. Like if yeah. you tried to eat, you know, 20 apples, you just wouldn't be able to do it mm, because no. of all the fiber. Um, your body will just tell you that, you know, it's had enough and you yeah. literally have to stop eating. 
Um, but with those types of foods, there's just no signals to tell you that you've had yeah. enough. So, so your body's yeah, just looking around like, where's the nutrients? Give yeah, us the nutrients. Yeah. Give us more. Oh. There's got to be some around here somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. That's, That's interesting. It. That's really interesting, yeah. Um, Oops, Siri's going off there. <laughs> 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 what? That's what I reckon. <laughs> That's what Siri just that said. Tell us, tell us more, Siri. <laughs> tell us more. I'm oh. not sure I understand. Oh. How weird was that? that was Siri weird. and I are on the same page. Yeah, yeah. We, had, uh, we had Siri on the show um, we a couple did have of days Siri ago. On the show, yeah. Told us about um, told us about climate change. We asked Siri oh. and started started um, reversing about uh, climate change. So he's now he's just wants more action. He, he does. He thinks he's the star <laughs> now. Siri's got an ego now, and he reckons he's a dietitian. <laughs> um, just popped out of nowhere. Yeah, I know. Sorry about that. Um, okay, so. So for these people, so okay. so you'll build, um, you'll going back to where we were. You'll build, uh, you'll start off with little, imp- um, little changes. Like you'll implement. Jeez, uh, I'm lost. My <laughs> He's <mind>. off. <laughs> lost my mind. Uh, yeah. So every time you said so today, I'd probably I'd have seventeen dollars. <laughs> That's a slow yeah. mate. <laughs> All right, so you'll you'll implement little changes for somebody who's got a terrible diet. You'll just start with um, start with breakfast and just start building that real food in, and then. What do you do? Um, what do you do when you're going to something like performance? Like, do you actually have people that come to you and then you'll nut out and you'll you'll look at their macros at 100 percent? You'll give them a proper um, food plan, or do you think it's a, a better way for somebody who's looking for a high performance to just do the same thing, just eat good amounts of um, healthy food in the right categories and stuff? Do you think it's better to be strict with that, or it's better to just have a like an eyeball, good food kind of diet? Yeah, I think it really depends on the athlete's goals and what the sport is. So definitely if they're a really high-performance athlete, looking at macros is going to be important. Um, But I don't think every athlete needs to weigh and measure their scoops of protein powder. Mm. I think it can be done in a much more effective way. Um, So I will look at macros um, in the background, but I won't generally go and get people to weigh and measure their food. So I'll use different sorts of measurements that they can relate to to understand um, portions and portion control. Like a fistful of of steak. Exactly, exactly. Nuts, yeah. yeah, that's it. So the reason I'm not so keen on weighing and measuring and tracking everything that goes into your mouth is that I think numbers really do create obsessions. Mm. Um, and I've seen that quite a lot. And I also think that it takes away your natural ability to read your body signals. So like we were talking about before with um, being able to listen to your body and know when to stop eating and that mm. sort of stuff. I think if you're so focused on just counting those macro nutrients um, it does kind of lead away from you actually listening to your your own body signals um, it's not always an exact science as well there's a lot of there's a lot of error in nutrition that I think people don't take into account um, so the databases that you use even like in the laboratories the testing that's done um, all that sort of stuff, you know, causes a fair bit of discrepancy. So if you're like, you know, worried about a gram here and a gram there mm. and you're doing your head in about it, I just think it can create a lot of issues and it's just not something that you need to worry about because the human body is such an incredible thing. I think if people knew what their bodies could do, they'd be in absolute awe of themselves mm. um, and your body will know what to do with it. So I don't think people need to stress too much. But certainly I will look at macronutrients for more high-performance athletes um, depending on the sport. 
But like I said, yeah, so you'll look at a palm size of protein. I'll know that that's roughly between 20 and 30 grams of protein. So how many palm sizes do we need to have at each meal? So I'll just work it out that way. It's yeah. also not natural, like count, counting and all this sort of stuff. I just feel like we, we had this massive, ridiculous chat on, you know, the evolution of the human body and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah. But they weren't counting stuff back then. Like we just, there was just kind of a thing of, eat what the earth has when you're hungry and then don't eat too much because we need to save old mate over here hasn't eaten enough. Is it really that hard? Exactly. We we know exactly what happened back back Oh, we know. We know. Hundreds of thousands of years ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There was no counting. counting There was definitely no counting. And there was global warming. That's it. That's it. Um, Do you reckon? Do people just take it too far? Yeah, I think it can be taken too far. Like, I think it definitely does have a place as well. Um, Right for some people and it really does work well for some people but certainly not for everyone mm. and to be honest I don't see too many people where we need to go down that path of mm. and measuring and and all that sort of stuff but I think it is and I do try and teach my clients to listen to their own body yep um, but every every body is different as well so even like your your gut bacteria is going to influence how many calories you extract from foods so to different people with a very different gut microbiome will eat the same muffin with the same number of calories. One person that might have a bit of an overgrowth of bad bacteria, they'll actually extract more calories from that muffin and store it as fat compared to the person that has a really healthy gut microbiome. So there's all these things that, you know, um, that come into play that isn't just about how many grams of carbs, proteins and fats, you know, and I think it does take away from the importance of those micronutrients as well. If we're just focusing on those macros, um, I think you can certainly achieve a um, particular body composition um, by macronutrients, but I don't think you are particularly, you you might not be particularly healthy. Mm. So I like to combine both of those things and look at the health perspective as well as um, being fit and looking a certain way. Sure. Yep. So what about gut health? I feel like that's kind of like a, a, a lot of people are saying it's kind of like a buzz sort of expression now, like gut health and, is, and all this yeah. sort of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, can you shed some light on what it is and what like an easy way to achieve, you know, good gut health would be? Oh, gosh. You're going to start me out. 25 words or less. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could talk underwater about gut health. So... Um, well, we have some water here. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can hold you upside down. Sense, we can feel, so we can feel, the, feel the thing over there if you want. Probably Tommy can hold your legs. Okay, I'll maybe not. Direct your head, and then um, we'll record. We'll keep recording. Yeah. <laughs> okay, where to begin? Um, yeah, it definitely is a very big hot topic in the mm. nutrition world at the moment, but it is a really important one because. Um, so many people do have a lot of issues. So um, mostly the people that I see, um, they either have some sort of digestive issues, but it might be presenting in other ways. So things like skin issues, sinus issues. Um, So for example, I've just recently had a client who came to me and his nose was just absolutely running like a tap, um, had really itchy eyes and just a whole heap of sinus issues, wanted to lose a bit of weight as well. Um, We just did six weeks of working on his gut health um, and his sinuses have completely cleared up. It's actually been life-changing for him. Yeah. Yeah. For people that do suffer from that, it's actually really debilitating. Oh, it would be. Yeah. Yeah. Pink eye runny nose, boy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You'd be getting picked up. 
boy. <laughs> you get picked on in the schoolyard. I swear. Absolutely. <laughs> Even in, I'd pick on an adult that had a pick on. Oh, oh yeah. no, I shouldn't say. Uh, well, <laughs> this guy's like 55, but he does CrossFit and now he's like PBing in the gym. And That's he, right. He competed in um, an in-house comp and um, won it and he's just oh. like kicking all these goals and it's just, yeah, it's really good to see. So gut health can influence, you know, so many different aspects of your health. Mm. Alrighty, guys, just a little break in between our show to thank our sponsors. So we're brought to you by True Pride today. True Pride are uh, True Pride are a wealth creation service for ambitious individuals and families looking to worry less, take control, and get ahead. Me and Tommy are dealing with True Pride. We are broke as ten men, and we need cashola. And True Pride are providing us with that cashola. Cashola. Yes. Uh, hola, so hola, we're working hola, through hola. our uh, we're working through our through our. Budgets at the moment, so Tommy's saving 100 bucks a week. Yep. Um, so this is at the cost of $97. He's saving $100 a week, so that's $400. And the aim is to get to about $150. That's kind of average. And uh, me, I haven't even got that far because I've been uh, – I got lots of money going everywhere at the moment, so we're just waiting it out. But um, Tommy, you been loving it? Oh, mate. Well, I mean, I've already – so I've uh, – yeah, I've already broken even. And I'm already in profit now, just based on my own saving. And uh, it's just it's just little little things that sure you can do by yourself, but you probably won't. And if you just spend that initial joining fee, well, obviously you don't now. But if you just spend that little bit of money at the startup, it just it just. I mean, these are lifestyle changes, you know? Yeah, it's good. www.truepride.com.au forward slash ADVF. Get your joining fee waived after you uh, have a call and if you decide to go ahead. We're also brought to you by Carve. So, guys, I've uh, signed four or five people up to Carve now, and uh, they range from gym owners to a protein supply company to a residential um, clothing store to heroin addicts. Uh, <laughs> what did I say heroin addict? I meant to say heroin dealer. <laughs> <laughs> signed up, um, signed up, signed up. Ah, uh, fucked my gag. But um, anyway, so we uh, we we've been signing up a bunch of different people to carve, and uh, yeah, any business can can uh, perform with carve. So if you want to upscale your business or you want to get more time back in your life, head to www.carve.ph/advf. We have not sent any heroin addicts carves away. Fuck, that's such an idiot, idiotic joke, and I stuffed it up as well. Um, Head to www.carve.ph4.advf to get your 10 hours free. And uh, here's Joe and here's the show. And this guy, for example, like why, why um, was his diet affecting his gut health and then that, that just um, took his whole immune system down or how did it actually yeah. give him these Yeah, ailments? that's a good question. So it can really stem from a whole host of things. So if you've ever had a course of antibiotics in your life and you didn't do any sort of repair work afterwards, you're probably going to have a bit of an imbalance still. Shit. Um, so it can affect, it can really affect <laughs> your, yeah, yeah. My, uh, my, my gut health is spiking right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that's it. Like we've all gone through it. We've all probably had numerous courses of antibiotics. So that obviously kills off all the good bacteria as well as the bad guys. So that causes um, some imbalances. Obviously, poor food choices. So things like refined sugar, gluten actually directly affects the gut barrier um, mm. and leads to something called leaky gut, which I can talk about in a little bit. Um, what else? Any of like your inflammatory foods, like your refined seed oils, like all your omega-6 um, seed oils are um, damaging to the gut. Right. Any sort of medications, particularly things like the pill for females. Um, stress mm. is a big one. So cortisol really affects 
um, the the gut and and bacteria. So there's really yeah there's there's so many different mm. things that can affect your gut health. Um, I'll give you an example of myself, so <laughs> just to make it a bit relevant. I actually had my you have f- leaky leaky butt syndrome right now. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> leaky butt. Because <laughs> we can get some uh, we yeah. can get some protective the material on the couch. <laughs> if, if this is what if this is what we're going to to approach. That's that's the. We should have written that in the email. Actually, we do have leaky butt. Just just make sure that uh, you know <laughs> let, let all that guys should know that in the future. <laughs> Sorry, Dave. I just sit on the floor. Sorry. 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 Get off the, the nice couch. Yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> <laughs> God. Licky butt syndrome. That can't be a thing, Julie. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. Um, oh. I'm crying. I'm yeah. probably going to say that next time when I'm explaining <laughs> it to a butt. client. Oh, Look, I think sorry, you've got leaky butt. Leaky butt. Leaky butt. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, oh, very good. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. Um... Yeah, where was I? Um, yeah. I'll call it gastrointestinal permeability. So. Just a little bit. That's no idea. It's funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the gag stuff right there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get serious again. So, um, yeah, so a few years ago I had my appendix out. So with any sort of gut surgery that can cause a lot of imbalances because obviously they're fiddling around down there, there's disinfectant, you have a whole host of antibiotics. Um, so any sort of gut surgery can really affect gut health. But then also, um, funnily enough, the appendix does actually have a, um, a point to be in the right. human body. So it's like a little house of good bacteria. So it's a little sack of good bacteria. And if you get an upset stomach or you're traveling or you eat something a bit dodgy, you might get a, an upset tummy. It actually then floods your gut with all these um, good bacteria that's housed in the appendix. So... Without an appendix, I don't have that anymore. So I became very susceptible to getting a lot of gut infections. Um, got things like giardia and all these terrible parasites. And um, wow. so, yeah, so that's what stemmed. Um, so, yeah, the surgery is what influenced my gut health. So there's, um, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of different causes that can, that can lead to poor gut health. But I actually right. went down a path of like, I didn't take antibiotics to get rid of any of the parasites. I went down a, a natural route, did a lot of gut repair. I actually became um, lactose intolerant. Most people become lactose intolerant after having Giardia, a parasite. Um, but from all the gut healing work I did, I did so much research and so much self-experimentation mm. and um, eventually I've healed up my gut that I can pretty much eat anything now with no issues. Really? Wow, I don't eat a lot of dairy still, but I can certainly have it in bits and pieces and I don't have any problems. So, wow. um, and that's the same with food intolerances. So if you heal up the gut effectively, you can actually eliminate a lot of food intolerances. So, um, just, I'll, I'll explain the gut in a very basic Please. way. Yeah, I'm really so, just um, you just have a little bit of an understanding. So if you just imagine the digestive system is like a big long tube that starts at your mouth and ends where you excrete waste. That's the most polite way. The butt? Leaky butt. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a tap. Yeah. So it's just the this. Whole mass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This is ridiculous. Yeah, no, sorry, sorry. Yeah, so it's just this big long tube and it's, um, yeah, from your mouth to your bottom um, and it's a very, very thin layer of cells. So um, it's just about a single layer thick and if you think about, it's a bit of a weird way of thinking about it, but if you think about 
whatever is inside this tube is actually still outside your body. So um, the gut barrier, which is that single lining of cells, actually decides what enters the body or the bloodstream and what actually just passes out the other end. So when we talk about your gut health, well, there's actually two components. There's that gut barrier and then there's also... Stop laughing. <laughs> I'm not laughing. <laughs> I need Sorry, to find Joe. a different word for gut, yeah, don't that's I? Right. <laughs> that's exactly keeps right. looking away because he's laughing to make me laugh. I'm sorry. Sorry, That's all good. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So when we talk about gut health, there's the gut barrier and then there's your actual bacteria, which is housed in the lower intestine. So when we have leaky gut or (laughs) intestinal permeability, that's when we have damage to that gut lining. And I tend to explain it to my clients. It's like a fly screen. So Um, in your house. So the fly screen has just tiny little holes that lets through all the good stuff like oxygen, but it keeps out all the mosquitoes and the flies. But Mm -hmm. if you actually put a hole in that fly screen, Mm. um, those flies and um, yeah, whatever it might be will come into your house and cause havoc inside your house. And that's the same as your gut. So when we have leaky gut or gastrointestinal permeability, um, we've actually got larger holes in the gut lining and it means that things can pass through into the bloodstream that shouldn't actually be in there. Uh, The immune system is actually just outside the the gut lining. So when it detects something that shouldn't be there, it might be an undigested food particle, it might be a bacteria or a toxin. It sets off this systemic immune response. And so inflammatory cytokines are being produced and then they can go around and cause havoc wherever they want to in the body. So that might be um, getting into your skin and causing things like eczema. It might be getting into your joints and causing joint pain, um, into your thyroid, causing metabolism issues. Um, but they can also cross, cross the, the blood-brain barrier and cause like mood disorders and mm. depression. And that's how gut health is related to mental health as well. So, wow. um, yeah, so that's, that's it's, how It's um, far-reaching, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So that's why we tend to look at the gut for a lot of other issues that don't often seem necessarily directly related to our our digestive health. Wow. So what about paleo then? Because paleo is obviously very closely linked to the CrossFit world and all this sort of stuff. It's not so much anymore, but I feel like a couple of years ago, you know, if you were a CrossFit you know, if you were a CrossFitter, you did paleo oil to some degree. And how, how do you feel about um, the paleolithic diet for, for the everyday individual? Yeah, I think it's a really good framework because obviously it just cuts out all the processed crap. Mm. Um, but again, it is one of those diets that not everyone is going to be suited to it. So certainly for CrossFitters that are, have... Um, really high energy expenditure and they need those carbohydrates, I would I would say that, you know, some non-gluten grains like brown rice and quinoa, um, even some oats is going to be absolutely fine. Mm. Um, you can always prepare them and soak them and, you know, decrease the phytic acid, which is why they're kind of excluded from the paleo diet. So, um, yeah, I think it's, it is a good framework because it does cut out all those processed foods. Uh, but, I don't necessarily think it is the diet for, for all CrossFitters and for sure. everyone. Um, some people really thrive off having some good quality dairy in their diet. Mm. Other people aren't great on it, but again, it's just working with the individual to see what works best for them. Yep, sure thing. I, um, I at two different points in my life, talking about dairy, at two different points in my life, have used dairy, milk per se, um, 
or milk, for example, to put on weight. So um, I've been told just to drink as much milk as humanly possible. And I'm not in the slightest bit lactose intolerant because I can drink milk. I was drinking three (laughs) litres a day, just comfortably, just chugging it down. Chugging it down. um, Straight at the butt. Yeah. (laughs) And I I wanted to make sure, like so many people would say to me, oh, that's got to be so bad for you, um, drinking all that dairy, drinking all that milk. And then, so I went to a friend of mine who's also a dietitian. I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this. And I said to, her name's Alex. And I said to Alex, um, hey, this is what I'm doing. So um, my, my nutrition's pretty good, but I can't eat as much food as I need to just to put on. I've got a really fast metabolism, mm-hmm. put on the weight that I want to put on as a weightlifter. So I've just been drinking tons of milk, like three liters a day. And I said, is that a problem? Like, should I, is, there, is there anything you see wrong with that? Or like, what's the go? And she said, whether she's right or wrong, I'm interested to hear your thoughts. She said that if the general populace knew or or really got behind the benefits of whole milk, then the whole supplement industry would go out of business. That was what she said. What do you think about like um, milk in general and using milk for that means to try and bulk up or put on weight or is it a- Yeah, yeah. I think you did the right thing, definitely. Yeah, cool. Yep. Um, it's certainly a great tool for that. I think it does come down to the quality as well. There's such a huge spectrum um, when it comes to dairy. So you've got your pasteurized, homogenized milk that's come from, you know, animals that have been feeding on grain. And um, so the quality of that milk is going to be very different to an unhomogenized milk that comes from grass-fed animals. So I think quality does play a really big role when it comes to dairy. Um, but it does have, you know, some great nutrients in it. So there in the in the holistic health world, there is a theory that, um, and this is a little, I think, why some people kind of diss dairy a little bit, um, that it is very acidic within the body. But I'm not too sure about the science behind that. I'm not completely convinced on that. So I think for people that can tolerate it, um, then, yeah, it's absolutely fine. It is very nutritious and great for, for putting on weight and bulking up. Yeah, well, I just found that, that for me, I had a really fast metabolism and I was trying to – I was competing as a weightlifter at 80, in the 85-kilogram category, but I was weighing about 82, 83 and then just eating like a good amount of food, um, living a regular life. I couldn't really put on any more weight. Yeah. Um, but I, I needed to be about 87. So, um, yeah, for me, it was – spend a shitload more money on food yeah. and spend so much more time throughout the day to actually get that food in because yeah. it was such like I was eating big meals and lots of yeah. snacks and stuff so milk for me was like I'd have half a I'd have like a massive glass or a glass and a half with lunch and then dinner and, and the same thing and just pump it in and it was more um, it was more out of um, it just made my life easier yeah, you know, yeah. I was able to do it so I'm glad that it, uh, that it worked well I was and also, it did work you yeah, did yeah, put it on the weight it yep. worked but I was also doing like um, this is another thing that we could we could uh, touch on. So I was training my weightlifting coach is really old school, and he's um, he knows he's a smart guy, but he he ta- he says to everyone, I know nothing about anything apart from weightlifting. Yeah. So, but if you are, if you ask me for advice, I'll give you some advice in some certain areas, and sometimes I'll, I won't. But I asked him about um, like what I should be eating, and he said. 
um, that he wanted me to go on a dirty bulk diet. So what I was doing, so I would have um, real sugary, um, I'd have like a big M and like some sort of bakery good because that's like what I get into, like a donut or a, or a muffin <laughs> on the way home from training, every yeah. day on the way home from training. Yeah. And then at night, I would make sure I had um, I had a smoothie that was um, milk, ice cream, banana, avocado, and whatever other sugary, crappy stuff that I could get in there to get as much calories in before I slept. Mm-hmm. Um, because I really, with my metabolism, it, it is really, even with all the milk, it was quite hard to, to put on weight. Yeah. Um, if, like, so it worked. I got to 87, 88 kilograms in the blink of an eye, kind of. But like I said, I was doing a lot of dirty bulking mm-hmm. as well. So yeah. what would you say to someone who like me, needed to get into a, a higher weight category basically, but to do it because I know f- that what I was doing wasn't particularly healthy. Yeah. But like what's – but it was also – it was it was achievable. You know, I didn't have time to eat seven meals a day. Like what would you yeah, do yeah. to someone who has a fast metabolism who needs to bulk? You know, there's a lot of guys out there that are, you know, always in the gym mm. trying to get big and strong and just look bigger. Mm-hmm. What, what, what do you do for people like that? Yeah, I mean, I've never recommended a dirty bulk before. <laughs> I guess. Kind of goes against the whole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it definitely gets you to where you want to go. But going back to my philosophy, I guess I, I want to help people achieve their goals, but, you know, also do it in a healthy way. Mm. Yeah, so, change your lifestyle as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, because it. I look at that and I, I sort of see, well, yes, you're definitely going to put on weight and you've got to your goal. You certainly want to, wouldn't want to do it long term because they're very highly inflammatory foods. So in the long term, it's going to affect your recovery as well. It's going to affect your gut health. It's going to affect all those sorts of things. So um, I'd look at just increasing carbohydrates, um, trying to use more of your whole food carbohydrates, but obviously they're a lot more bulky, so you're not going to be able to increase them too much because they're quite filling if they've got fiber in them. So then looking at things like fats, because fats are so uh, energy dense, they're so cal- like very high in calories, but um, they don't take up much volume. So adding a lot of things like coconut oil into your smoothies, like um, going probably more so that path, but certainly dairy as well is going to be a good one. So I'd look at those sorts yeah, of foods. Yeah, I'm literally, I'm literally addicted to sugar after, really? that, after that dirty bulk. <laughs> yeah. When I, um, when I, I don't, I literally, I had a, when I moved into this house um, two and a half years ago, I remember getting a Turkish delight from the 7-Eleven downstairs and oh. I ate it and I was like, because I don't know why, I just like Turkish delight. But, but I ate it, I ate it and, oh. and I was like, oh, not because of the taste <laughs> of the Turkish delight. Shit. It's too no, sweet. but the, the, the sweetness and the sugar, I was like, oh my God, that's, yeah. I hadn't had really sugary, like anything like that in probably two or three years. I was really, really just, you know, when you, you, you phase out that type of food, you don't mm. get that craving for it, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. And then I, um, yeah, I had that Turkish lot. I'm like, oh, this is disgusting. And then I started having a little bit more snacky stuff. And then I went on Dirty Bulk and now I have a, a donut every lunchtime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> donut every lunch. Well, do you know what's interesting? You know, do you remember ben, ben Templeton? Ben, ben Templeton, who maybe listened to the show, who did the slam down, the weightlifting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, so this is a guy that actually, um, this is slightly off, off left center, isn't it? Yeah, that's really interesting. Global warming actually is a, uh, no, he, um, he actually did my Cert 3 and 4 um, and um, he cut out sugar. He cut out chocolate for like four years completely, and he got to the stage where he couldn't even remember. And I, I don't know if he's eating chocolate <laughs> or, or anything. Yeah. <laughs> 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 he lost his. 
<laughs> moving on, moving on. <laughs> but yeah, he, he just he just he completely cut out chocolate, and then it got to the stage where he couldn't even remember what it tasted like. And so clearly, I've got nothing to add. <laughs> Good story. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there is actually – there could be a reason why that's happening to you though because, um, again, getting back to the whole gut health thing, it mm. does have a big influence on our bodies, but you might have just changed the balance of bacteria in your gut because the bad bacteria feed off sugar. So if you're feeding your body a lot of sugar, you're feeding all those bad guys, that could create a bit of a dysbiosis or an imbalance. And what that actually... Dysbiosis? Dysbiosis, yeah. Fuck, so that that's that sounds, just, Am I going to go away? So that's just an imbalance of your good and bad bacteria. Um, and so those, that bad bacteria actually sends out signals saying you know, give me sugar, give me sugar. Mm. So that's probably why you're, yeah. you're craving it now. And you I the literally, donut. literally crave it. Yeah. Really? 100%, yeah, 100%. Sure, like what sort of, what, 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 what I, I you get, today? So when you're talking about like you walk in at, use 7-Eleven as an example, I'll walk straight past the candy bars, don't <laughs> eat candy at all. Um, sugary stuff like um, sour worms or that crap, I don't eat any of that. Yep. Um, I don't like ice cream. I go straight for, like I get a muffin or a donut. I get like bake, bakery goods. I don't know why. It's just my go-to custard donut thing. or a raspberry, <laughs> raspberry and white chocolate, chocolate donut. And oh, <laughs> but, um, but I have it with a nice gla- big glass of milk too. It actually, oh, it actually makes me. That's pretty good. It actually well, makes me. Joe's with me, mate. Did you? Yeah. Oh, well, well, you call that guest a bin now. <laughs> Indirectly, um, I'm calling you by the bin. <laughs> um, yeah. So it, it just became. Um, it, it started with. Um, it started with Big M's after training, yeah, and then mm. just it just got to the point where I don't even I haven't been training that much. I still eat bakery foods, yeah, probably once once a day. Do you reckon that could but be it, a habitual thing though as well? Yeah, just definitely. The fact that he's just in the habit of just yeah, yeah. eating shitty food, yeah, and the body's sure. like, oh yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, I'm not I'm not too stressed about it. Um, <laughs> you but, should, but, you should uh, be. You've got you've got cancer. <laughs> you've got dis dis by dis by leaky butt. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to say that, mate, but yeah. Shit. Oh, fuck. Um, yeah. Um, all right, cool. Um, so, um, so what about people with um, people with eating disorders that come in and see you? So, I don't understand. Do you do you do you? Is it in your realm to to deal with somebody with a with a like um, that purges or that has uh, um, bulimia or uh, anorexia? Or do you have to refer those guys on or do you deal with much of that? Uh, it's more of a team effort. So um, with all my eating disorder clients, I don't have any bulimic sort of clients. What's the difference anore- between bulimic and anorexia? Bulimic anorexia. makes themselves, this vomit. is in layman's terms, make themselves vomit and then anorexia, I believe, and they choose yeah. not to eat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So anorexia yeah. is just very restrictive eating. Yeah. Um, yeah, whereas bulimic, they will purge after eating. Yeah. Um, so I'll work with a psychologist and also their GP as well. Yeah. So they're getting all the behavioral, you know, coaching from their psychologist. Okay. Um, and then they'll come to me just for some more structure. They generally come... Um, if they're younger, they come with their parents. So, you know, there's mm. a bit of guidance there, but it'll just be working out, you know, what can we start adding in just, you know, bit by bit, just mm. giving them a bit more structure to their to their diet and talking about how food is affecting their body and just trying to get them to understand that, you know, eating fat isn't going to make you fat and mm. that, your, that your cells need these um, nutrients. And um, one of my clients is... 
she certainly does. She's she's on the border of an eating disorder, but mm. she's stunning. She's getting into modelling and just talked about how fats, um, every single one of your cells in your body is made up of a double layer of fat. So if you're not eating enough fat, the health of your cells is going to suffer. And that is, on the outside is a reflection of things like your hair and your skin mm. and your nails. And if you're not getting that in your diet, those sorts of things are really going to suffer. So, yeah. you know, just trying to educate that them in those ways. one should be taught in school. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just... Because it, for, it's, a, it's because an anxiety thing, though. Like it, it's an anxiety. Like you can get anxiety over anything, and like the the underlying issue here is just anxiety. It's like a what if I do? Yeah, you know, it's yeah. like well, what if you do? Yeah, you know, it doesn't really matter. Exactly. Let's it, just try it and see yeah. what happens. And yeah, that would be tough. So they get referred to you after they've already been to their doctor, do they? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I generally get referred um, clients from mm. psychologists. Does yeah. anyone come to you initially, and you you may think that they they could be on the border, like they are showing some signs of symptoms of a, an anxiety mm. illness? Or? Not yet. I haven't had someone come to me first. I've generally been referred um, clients, so mm. I haven't had to, um, yeah, seek out a psychologist for someone that I'm a bit worried about. Generally, they've been coming to me, but yeah. I'm sure that will It'll happen. That will happen yeah. one day, yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, but I think um, people are drawn to you because – when I first started out and I became very interested in nutrition, it was probably in about year 11. Um, I wanted to do everything like absolutely perfectly. And at that time it was the whole low fat movement and I was so strict. I ate three, you know, perfect meals at the time. Um, but I didn't really snack and I ate zero fat and I was probably what you'd call orthorexic. That's mm. not a term that was around then, but it is now. And it just means almost like, um, a fixation or an obsession with healthy eating, um, so I was kind of like, yeah, very, very strict. And it was only when I went to university and learned about biochemistry and um, how the body worked and anatomy that I kind of understood that, oh, you know, it's okay to have other sorts of foods. Your body mm. knows how to deal with it. And that kind of um, gave me a lot more balance. But I almost think because I have an understanding of these girls, that's that's kind of why they're, they're coming to me now. Yeah. I can relate to them a little bit better on a personal level. You get empathise and, yeah. and all that sort of stuff. I think that's so important as well. This is another tangent, but like as a as a coach, I, I often like to try – well, have a look at me. I'm not trying to say that. But like <laughs> I think it's good to, you know, if someone can't brace their back and is getting back pain and all this sort of stuff, it's good to sort of put yourself through that as well because he understands like, hey, this actually worked for me. Give this a go. Yeah, you definitely. Know, as opposed to just, oh, in – Chapter four, it says, uh, big breath in. <laughs> that fucking didn't work. That's <laughs> so exactly no. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so what sure. about like uh, mindset? Let, let's take um, take a turn away from nutrition for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, what's some stuff that you do um, to keep yourself – yeah, like you, I, I remember I was speaking to you and you, we do like – we spoke about meditation and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. What, what's some sort of meditative practices that you do? I love that. Um, so – I think having, and we were just talking about this before, I think having a morning routine mm. is really, really important just to start your day off right. It's just that bit of peace in your day before the day starts to get manic. So um, generally my morning routine now would be take the dog for a walk. Um, it used to be going out into the garage and doing some sort of movement like hanging and um, bits and pieces, some handstand stuff. But mm. now it's just get the dog out of the house before he tears it apart. <laughs> um, but then I will come home and I'll do 20 minutes, 15 to 20 minutes of meditation. So yep. um, I generally recommend the Headspace app for most of my clients. 
um, or the ones that need it because that's just a really nice, easy one. The um, You've heard of Headspace? Yeah. Yeah. So, yep. you know, the Take 10 program is just 10 minutes for 10 days. That's all you have to do, see how you mm. feel. So that's generally the one I recommend. Um, I just – at the moment, I just do the One Giant Mind app and it's yep. just music. So I just One Giant them. Mind? One Giant Mind, Right, yeah. so what does that do? So they have, um, I can't remember, I think they have 12 days as an intro one and then you do a 30-day program um, and then you just do whatever after that. So it's it's pretty similar to the um, to the Headspace app. It's just, it's more of a, a mantra. So where Headspace uh, talks you through, you know, what to visualise and what to focus on, Heads, um, one giant mind is more of um, just repeating a mantra in your mind. Right. And if you're, you know, of course your mind's going to drift off, but it's just no- noticing that and bringing it back to the mantra. Yep. So, yeah, quite often I'm thinking about absolutely everything other than the mantra yeah. and I haven't thought of, you know, said the mantra once for 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. You know, yeah. so, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's, um, so it's guided? It's no, it's not guided. It's not so guided. it would the you do the course at the start, and that will explain it all to you, and then you kind of left to your oh, own devices. Oh right, okay, cool. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Okay, I'll just give that a go. Yeah, it's we really always good. talk about smiling mind and Buddhify, and oh, yeah, I've never heard yeah. of one giant mind. That's cool. Yeah, one giant mind. Is it free? Yeah. Okay, I'm yeah. gonna get on it now. Yeah, yeah I know. I know. It's got to be yeah. free. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be free. I yeah. cannot pay that one dollar. <laughs> no, why? Well, I mean, I can, but I'll, I've got to save up. Yeah. <laughs> Hey Tommy, have you got um, have you got goods about yes, the science today? Yes, I do have some uh, GBS. So, uh, so Joe, are you aware of good about the science? The way it works. Vaguely. Yeah. So Vaguely. It's just uh, it's one of our other kooky segments we have on the show. It's basically <laughs> just um, I read some uh, some weird sort of current events, um, something good, something not so good, and then something sciencey. Because in case you haven't figured it out by now, Bill and I love science, but we have no idea what even the definition of science is. So I was calling uh, it science. Yeah. I was calling it Hamas. <laughs> so I wasn't calling it that. <laughs> that is the worst running gag. <laughs> Uh, All right. So the first one is Gorilla Stunt Jumper, 8 Booth, that is his name, 8 Booth, uh, made a heart-stopping 129-foot leap into Orange County, California's Newport Harbor. Barely... Barely missing the dock. Now I've got the footage here, and obviously the listeners can't uh, can't hear it. We but this is what, yeah, this is the gif of it. Check this out. What did you say about gorilla? Yeah, is that a just that was him jumping 129 feet? Um, oh, I thought you said it was a gorilla. That oh, same. You well, said gorilla. Man. I did mention gorilla. <laughs> said it was a gorilla. Um, oh, it's like a gorilla, a gorilla. stunt jumper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, like a, 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 a gorilla. gorilla. Yeah. Gorilla? Yeah, I know. How do you even say that? Yeah. It's a gorilla warfare gorilla. type thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, man, we've, I thought it was a gorilla gorilla. You got to be more specific. I'm like, fuck, this guy's going to be really cool. Jeez, he's, he's not that hairy at all. Yeah, I was like, where's the hairy legs? Yeah. You ruined it for me, man. But that's him there. So he's jumping 129 feet and barely missing the dock there. Pretty insane. Oh. Great effort. Um, <laughs> now, he attached a GoPro to his hand and mouth so we could all uh, have the right footage. My question to you guys, what is the most daring thing you have done if you've done something that's uh, super daring? Joe, going to put oh, you on the spot right away here. I'm a bit of a wuss. Um, <laughs> like I've always said, oh, I want to go skydiving, but I don't really. Like <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I never want to. <laughs> it is fun. It's actually not that scary. I reckon it was really scary. good. Well, you thought it was way worse than bungee jumping, didn't you? No, before I did it, I was more scared of it but, yeah. than bungee jumping. But as soon as I jumped, I was like, as soon as I was like, and the, you're flat now, mm. I was like, oh, this is cruisy. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's really good. Whereas yeah. bungee jumping, I was like, oh, my fucking God, this yeah, fucking yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, nah, I could not do that. But um, I'm just trying to think. Probably, 
Oh, I went canyoning in Queenstown and mm. I found that pretty scary, like jumping off really high rocks into mm. little pools and sliding down stuff. And yep. yeah, it was freezing cold. So yeah, that's that's the first thing that comes to mind. Mm. I couldn't, uh, my sister went, um, I don't think she went canyoning, but she went um, cave diving and like just the idea of going in oh, little nooks and crannies oh. when there's water and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and Claustrophobic. Not yeah, the claustrophobic. Not good for claustrophobic. Nah, I hate it. I hate it. It was I'll pretty do it. hectic. I just yeah. in New Zealand. It was good. Yeah. Is oh, it actually... Do, that. do you get pretty close uh, confined spaces? Um, yeah, from time to time you can. It's in um, Waitomo Caves, a famous cave, um, cave system in Waitomo in New mm-hmm. Zealand in the North Island. And what we did, we, um, we abseiled down like 30 metres through this little tiny... That was like tight, a tight squeeze. So if you're claustrophobic, but it was only like a tight squeeze for about a meter or two. Oh, and then you're man. into the darkness and you're like, fucking hell. And you go all the way down, you get to the bottom, then you hook on and you've, um, you flying fox through yeah. the cave system for like a hundred foot. And then you get so off you there, that. you cliff jump into the water, into the river. Then you go river rafting, blackwater rafting yep. um, with glow worms and stuff all around you. So sick. Wow, and, really? then, and then you have to, there's so much stuff you have to do. We had to climb up um, waterfalls up cave waterfalls yeah. to get out of there I was like the, the, they were like you got to put your hand there and then your hand there and your leg there it's really hard yeah yeah and it was, it was crazy it was pretty mm. good fun but um, yeah anyway that's, yeah, that's, that's cool. caving that's but, caving um, <laughs> yeah enough. but um, alright I'm just going to talk about my most daring <laughs> go on tell us tell <laughs> us <laughs> no, go on, go on. No, now I want to know about you. No, no, doing. I was just going to say, uh, I jumped off the Sereno car ferry once. What? I jumped off the car ferry. That oh. wasn't probably my most daring, but it was pretty That's daring. pretty cool. That's yeah. pretty insane. Yeah. I shot a guy once. Whoa, <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll move on. Yeah, it was funny. It was, uh, it's like a four-story car, car ferry. Were you, oh are you, were you okay? Yeah, did we you did live? it deliberately. No, it was like a thing. Like every summer, a few guys would jump off the car ferry, and I was like 15, man, my mates were like, oh, we'll do this, we'll do it. And then um, we, we actually bought tickets to Queenscliff. No, mm. we bought we had to get buy tickets to Queenscliff to go on the ferry, but we bought return tickets because we were like, what happens if we should ourselves? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's cheap to get return, let's just buy return. And then uh, we got on there with no shoes on, they're like, oh. and then uh, we got up there up the top and then... Yeah, jumped off. It was funny. It was me. I, I didn't really. I was a little nervous, but I got yeah, up there and just did. It. I was like, "Yeah, I'll do it." And and uh, and it was me. Um, Will Truscott and Will was like, "Oh, sh-. I was like, yeah, I reckon I can do this." Will was like, "Oh, fuck, this." Yeah. Right. And our other mate, um, um, Gangers. His name was Ganglang. That was his nickname. Ganglang. Yeah. Who's no but, longer with us because he jumped <laughs> off the bloody. But he was like, minute. he was like, no, nah, there's no way. There's no way I'm doing it. There's no way. I'm yeah. like, oh shit. So. I, I jumped, um, got really excited, and then Will was like, oh, I'm going too. And Gaines didn't want to do it. He's like, no, nah, I'm, st- I'm not going. And then we all coaxed him and he jumped off. But that was probably oh, peer pressure. One of the He's more, one of the best uh, friends. One of the, more, um, <laughs> one of the more daring things. Yeah, anyway, yeah. What else you got? All right, so the bad. So authorities in the United Kingdom, UK, United Kingdom, have released <laughs> several photos of a man they are seeking in connection with the theft of a Venetian blind. Uh, and while we can't say for certain what happened here, it does seem like the guy is hiding something. So there's a photo basically of a guy in an elevator. And he's got this big jacket on, and there's just a big Venetian blind in the jacket. Pretty bizarre stuff, but if you need a Venetian blind, you need a Venetian blind. Uh, the item was stolen from the Donnell Mill store in Northampton sometime between 2 p.m. and 2.25 p.m. On uh, Sunday, October 16th, according to authorities, police say a man entered the store and allegedly concealed a Venetian blind down one trouser leg and up the back of his jacket. So my question to you guys is, what is the weirdest thing you have ever tried to steal if you have... In fact, stolen anything. 
Oh, gosh. Now, we're under oath. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put it to Joe first. Because she's no. sort of <laughs> Well, Bill, what, what's... I'll go what's one while you think, you think okay. like. Yeah. I had a, I had a little, um, I had a little um, ring going when I was in high school. So, oh, it was a, just a theft ring. So, me and a couple of my mates would go... Um, we went to Padua College. I was, a, I was a terrible, terrible kid. <laughs> we went to Padua College and um, we'd get dropped off at um, Safeways or Woolworths now. Yeah. So, um, it's a supermarket in Australia for people that aren't Australian. And uh, we would go in there. Do you remember Tech Decks, the little skateboards? Oh, yeah. The little tiny ones? They were great. Yeah. No, like $15 a pop. So, But for some reason, they were always sold out. Can yeah, you yeah. shed, can you shed some light on? Yeah. <laughs> but I'd go in there with my school blazer and it had two big pockets on the inside <laughs> and I'd go and I'd fold up the... It had like the plastic casing and then they had like the cardboard bit that hangs, that hangs it on yeah. and I'd fold that up and just put one in each pocket every day and then I'd go to school the next day. They were $15 in Safeway. I would sell them for like 8 or $10. I was making... I was making like 200 bucks a week. Yeah. <laughs> It was great. That's so good. That's insane. Um, Any tech text, Joe? Uh, I've, I've thought of one thing and I was pretty young. Yeah. Um, what are those Easter eggs? Is it a Cadbury cream egg? Oh, love a and Cadbury cream egg. Yes. Yeah, so Cadbury cream egg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was in the supermarket and so... I wanted to steal it, so I just shoved the whole thing in my mouth. <laughs> but, like, unwrapped it and shoved yeah, yeah. it in. And I had a loose tooth, and so I had this huge Easter egg, and my tooth fell out while I was eating the Easter egg. Instant karma. Awesome. Yeah. Hey, what happened to the packaging? Oh, yeah. oh. That's gold. Yeah. All right. That's good. You didn't actually leave the store, so I don't know if that's stealing yeah. or just eating. It's got an eight in the, Yeah. That's so true. I paid for it on the way out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I paid for it, but I stole it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the science, two faults beneath California are connected in a destructive embrace. Once again, revealing how little we know about what lies beneath our feet. A new study in the journal Science Advances has declared that a threatening fault in the San Francisco Bay is connected to another. Unfortunately, this means that the two could rupture simultaneously, creating a more powerful earthquake than many, many would have anticipated. Now, kind of a, uh, an ambiguous question, but... Uh, do you guys have a natural disaster that you would hate to be stuck in the most? Like some people, some people hate. So for me, for example, I would hate to be caught in like a tsunami. Just reckon that would be shit house. But like maybe turn as you fancy or, or an earthquake. What do you reckon? Which one do you hate the most? <laughs> oh, well, I reckon tsunami would be pretty bad just because oh. that's what you see in the movies and yeah. that just looks terrifying. Yeah, it does. Anything that where you're talking about claustrophobia, I'm really claustrophobic. Agreed. So if you got like trapped under something, that would probably be pretty bad. Yep. <laughs> would be the best. Yeah, yeah. That would probably be. I'd still yeah. be thinking about my macros though. <laughs> <laughs> fat, it was a fat. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Um,. Tsunami's pretty, pretty, pretty bloody scary. Oh, yeah. What about a volcano? Uh, I've stood on top of an um, active volcano while it's really? erupting. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. The best thing I've ever done. While it's erupting? Of, while it's erupting. So the volcano is um, in, it's called Mount Tanner in, uh, Mount Yasua, sorry, on the island of Tanner in Vanuatu. And I've done some stuff in my travels, like some cool stuff. This is not even a question, the greatest thing I've ever done in history of my life. Mm. Really? Was, yeah. So it's like you hike up there, but it's like an hour hike. They drop you halfway. It's literally, the hike's not even part of it. It's not even yeah. hard at all. But I was there with uh, my girlfriend at the time back in the day, like uh, 10 years ago. And my, we, we went to Vanuatu and met with my family. It was like, kind of, we're doing our own thing, but we met with my family as well for a bit. We went over there. So it was my mum, my dad, Jack, me and my girlfriend. And... You hike up the top of the volcano and then the volcano is right on the 
on the ocean and it gets like really, really strong winds from the ocean every day, the exact same. And for some reason, so you can stand on the crater of uh, the, the top of the crater of the volcano and you stand on like the east wing or whatever, east rim, sorry, and it erupts on the um, west wing. No, yep. north, east, south. Yeah, west. And uh, so you're safe, but it literally explodes like a hundred little bits of uh, lava up in the air, 50 meters above your head, really? 100 meters above your head every five minutes. Really? It's wow. insane. But how did that That's not incredible. hit you? There's so it, it, on the rim, the safe rim. The guy will the guide will take you around. And he's like, oh yeah, this rock wasn't here a week ago. This rock wasn't here a week ago. So literally, like people have died. There's been like eight fatalities in the last twenty years or whatever. But oh. there's hundreds of people that go nearly every day. Yeah, you yeah. Know? yeah. So um, it's pretty safe. But you know how you can go to active volcanoes, you can see them bubbling away and stuff yep. like that. This is not like that. This is no. ground shakes. Really? A volcano like you think of a volcano. Yeah, yeah. It's called Mount Yasua. For any listeners that are ever planning on going to Vanuatu, it's the greatest thing I've ever done. Anytime wow. anyone mentions Vanuatu to me, yeah. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Listen to this, listen <laughs> to this. Yeah. It's so sick. Jeez. Yeah, that's but incredible. But yeah, volcanoes are scary. But I reckon tsunami, you're done. Yeah, mm. tsunami, you're done. Well, I mean, most of them, you're done, surely. Like, well, like um, hurricanes and typhoons. All, oh, yeah, that's like, true. They're all pretty bad but you can Some get through those yeah. just batten down the hatches yeah, yeah. batten them down real good <laughs> yeah we had to batten down the hatches in um, in uh, Mech- in Belize once and uh, we just bought um, we, there was three days that we had to buy food and water for and we bought um, we bought about 10 litres of rum and a couple of bags of cocaine and just had a fucking lockdown like you've never yeah. never seen before a session yeah. it was sick yeah <laughs> <laughs> Hurricane Matthew. Yeah. But um, anyway. Hurricane okay, Coco. Okay. All right. <laughs> That's good. Um, and that was the good about the science. Cool. Good stuff, Tommy. So good. So, Joe, I want to talk about um, the ketogenic diet. Yeah. Have you played around with it yourself personally? Not strictly ketogenic. So, I haven't been in ketosis before myself. Mm-hmm. Um but definitely I've done like a higher carb, lower carb approach mm-hmm. um, and that works quite well for me. So ketogenic diet, have you tried it before or? Nope. No? Nope. About to in the next week we're going to try. Oh, really? Yeah, we're going we're gonna to go for it. So. Okay, cool. Yeah. 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 So um, I guess for people that don't know what the ketogenic diet is, it's a very high fat, very low carb diet. So you're looking at about 75% fat, um, can go up to 90% fat um, and only 5% from carbohydrates. So it's extremely low carb. Um, what that actually does is it forces your body into a state of ketosis where you only use fatty acids for a fuel. Um, but it also means that the liver will con- convert fatty acids into ketones because your brain will predominantly use glucose as a fuel source. Um, but in the absence of glucose, when you have very minimal carbohydrates, your brain can use ketones um, as a fuel source. So the liver will produce those ketones and that's what your brain uses. Um Super, super beneficial for certain groups of people. So a lot of studies have shown that it's really great for people with type 2 diabetes. Mm -hmm. Um, Certainly very overweight people. It can be really effective to drop weight quite quickly. Mm. Um, And also really effective in people, um, particularly children that have seizures or epilepsy. So there's some great research around ketogenic diets for those types of people. Right. Um, 
but again, it's really going to depend on the person because it can have some side effects as well um, because it is quite extreme. So mm. I think for a lot of people um, – you have to know the rules before you can start breaking them. So mm -hmm. if you like, I'm sure you have a very good understanding of your body, nutrition, been training and eating well for years, then absolutely give it a trial, see how you feel on it. Mm -hmm. um, but just pay attention to, to your body and what it's telling you. Um, because in some groups, it's not going to be the best. So when you have very low carb, it can actually interfere with thyroid function. So when we eat carbohydrates, they get broken down into glucose and we get the release of the hormone insulin. And with our thyroid, so your thyroid controls metabolism and hormones and a whole host of things, um, we need insulin to convert the inactive thyroid hormone um, 4 into the active form, which is TH3. So if you don't have enough insulin, that process is going to be impaired. So some people, not everyone, but some people um, will have some thyroid issues. Um, it can also influence your gut health. So generally on a ketogenic diet, you're cutting out a lot of those fibrous foods. So as I mentioned before, your gut bacteria is all the way down in your low intestine. Um, and so we need to eat foods, so things that contain resistant starch that are going to get all the way down so we can feed those good guys. So that's things like brown rice and potatoes and unripe bananas and those types of foods. Um, generally, they're not really suitable for a ketogenic diet. So some people can um, experience um, or develop some gut issues as well. Um, right. Yeah. So, so, the, so the potential benefits are like you people say they're really – that focused Focus. or is that the stuff Mental is? acuity, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah acuity, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Um, is that only sustainable for a short period of time? Not necessarily. Um, again, it just depends on the person. So some people do absolutely fantastically on a ketogenic diet and they feel amazing. They're really alert. Um, they lose a lot of weight. So they've got a really good body composition or their blood markers are great. Whereas another person might do it for four weeks and just fall in an absolute heap and mm. feel like complete rubbish. Um, I think if you do it, it's a good idea to get your bloods done as well, just to keep track of it because some people are hyper responders to fat and cholesterol. So some people's markers can really just shoot up, um, but that's not everyone. So just, you know, track it, get your blood tests and um, do it that way. So there's, yeah, there's definitely some benefits, but I think that you just have to be smart about it mm. and just see how you go. Mm. So with the um, – so if I was to do it, which I'm going to give it a crack. Cool. So So um, obviously – you got to take in lots and lots of fats, lots and lots of pr um, protein. That's easy enough. So, what would you do if you're trying to get all your um, all your micronutrients in? Like, what would you eat in carbohydrates? Like your green. Like, what what are the best yeah. carbs to get in during the day? Albeit you can only have X amount. Yeah. What's the best, like most healthiest way to? Yeah. Well, you nailed it. It's just load up on all your green leafies, all your non-starchy mm -hmm. veggies, just getting as much of those in as you can. Mm -hmm. I'd be taking a greens powder as well, a green supplement just for extra micronutrients. Um, but yeah, just aiming to get all your carbs from those non-starchy veg. Cool. Yeah. yeah it's interesting because um, I always hear uh, the people that have been on it that I hear, they do, they do drop a lot of weight, like tons yeah. and tons of weight. But do yeah. you, do you, you have obviously... 
well, I don't know. You, you, I don't. Doesn't seem like you've recommended this to anyone for weight loss. Is that because it's just so hard to maintain? Yeah, like, that's the reason yep. I haven't started it. Exactly. I'm like, oh, fuck, it can't be fucked. Mm. Exactly. <laughs> you know, that's exactly the reason. Mm. It's it's really hard to maintain, um, and it's just too difficult for people. Yeah. So that's why I don't recommend it. Generally, for my line of work, um, extremes aren't good. Yeah, um, too easy to fall off the wagon. Yeah, yeah, they're not good for most people. Mm. The other difficult thing about a ketogenic diet is you mentioned lots of protein. You kind of can't have lots of protein as well. You have to be careful with the amount of protein you have. Yeah, gotcha. Because protein can be converted into glucose via gluconeogenesis. Um, of course. And so that makes Absolutely. Well, that's obvious. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. Just say that. I've been uh, neogening my glucose for years. <laughs> yeah. 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 So you can't you can't go crazy on protein either, which makes it makes it quite difficult. Mm. And then you're just reliant on those. You probably just be eating the same types of fats. Fats are so limited too. <laughs> yeah, they are. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, a li- so- I'm out of flatches and nuts, so I can literally eat an avocado, and that's bad. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. It's good fun. Coconut. You- oh, I can eat coconut. You can yeah. eat coconut. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But no, but it would be it. it would be pretty hard for you. So. Yeah, I suck. Yeah. Um, <laughs> for any listeners that don't know what the ketogenic diet is, it's also referred to as well. The bulletproof diet is like a ketogenic diet with a little bit more carbs, I think. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of different variations, mm-hmm. so you can yeah. do a cyclic ketogenic diet. Right. Like with carb refeeds, yeah, and yeah, all yeah. that sort of stuff. So, yeah, cool. Um, so, have you got all your stuff organised of what you're going to do? Me? Um, no, 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 we haven't. <laughs> no. I can see you some got, brain octane up there. Yeah, yeah, I got yeah. brain octane over there. Um, I was having that for a little while. I didn't really feel like um, it was working. That's because you're hammering donuts every day. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it wasn't to be ketogenic. That's just supposed to make you like... Yeah, but know, doesn't sugar million, make you super flat? One millionth percent smarter. <laughs> I'm like, I feel dumb as fuck. Some of the recording this podcast half the time. Yeah. I'm just like, glug, 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 glug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, right, guys, I'll tell you about climate change. Yeah. <laughs> Bring it in. <laughs> um, yeah, cool. So so what's, um, what's been some of your greatest accomplishments in or like most rewarding things that have happened to you in your line of work? I'm sure there's been plenty. Yeah, well, I'd I'd hope to think that I help most people in if it's a big or small way. Um, I'm just trying to think. Recent clients, um, definitely that guy that I told you about before with the sinus issues. Mm, um, just because I, cool. I get constant emails from him about you know pretty much every second week about his PBs in the gym and what he's doing. So that's really cool. Um, I just recently had a client with fibromyalgia, so that's a condition where you have um, severe muscle pain and joint pain, and it interferes with sleep. And um, she was she's really into high intensity training and boxing, not CrossFit, but like personal training. And that was really it was really impacting her doing what she loved. So she was eating probably more of a highly refined carbohydrate diet, but. Um, and fair enough because it's what was recommended for so long, but it was mm. more like your corn thins and rice cakes and toast. And um, so we switched to a much more an anti-inflammatory diet, so very high in omega-3s and lots of you know non-starchy veg and lots of good fats. Um, and when she came back to see me, her pain had completely gone away. Wow. So um, that was really cool. So, yeah, just just – Things like that, just every day is um, is really, really rewarding for me. Um, no matter how big or small the change is, someone might just, you know, come to me and say, oh, I just feel I have so much more energy and it might just be as simple as that. But, um, yeah, so it's just all those little things as well. 
Cool. What about for you specifically? Like, do you have like one little thing that you implemented into your diet, um, or maybe like a lifestyle thing? Let's make it a bit more general. And it just, it just was the best thing you've ever done, sort of thing. Um, I think when I discovered how good fats were, because I would say my diet is is pretty high fat compared to most other diets, mm. um, and just the satiety that it gives you as well, like it just makes such a huge difference. Like I can go, you know, six or seven hours and not even worry about food. And it just that, I think that increasing the fats and all the healthy fats in my diet really changed the way I felt and my energy levels, how I looked, um, but definitely the satiety and just not having that focus around food all the time. I have to eat every two to three hours. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) exactly. You save so much more time. So, and it all like also just like on flights, like I'll get on a flight to Bali and just be able to not eat the whole time and then just like smash a nuzzy goring when I get there. Like, you know, it's just, it's really convenient not to have to worry about eating plain food and you know, Mm. all that sort of stuff. Mm, So I've got to figure all that stuff out because I just, I, it must be a habitual thing, but I just hammer plain food. And I just hammer like, <laughs> oh, like I'm, yeah. Well, I've got free, to sort right? it out. I try yeah, to get two yeah. meals in. I, you I get two meals sitting in. Sitting next to a dude. Oh, same. Sitting next to a dude once, and uh, and we you got our it. meals, and we finished them. And then he put his meal down, and he goes, he looks at the um, flight and he's like, "Excuse me." She he says, "Yes, sir." He goes, "Can I get another meal?" Yeah. And she goes, "Yes, of course, sir." <laughs> I looked over at him and went, "What the fuck yeah, is happening?" Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah, and. Uh, it depends on what airplane, but I try and just load up. Airplane? <laughs> what? Depends on what airplane. Fucking <laughs> like, what, what am I supposed to say? I don't know. It just made me laugh. Flight carrier? Yeah. Car hole. So, so, sorry, mate. There's just no emphasis on the R there. It just was bizarre. Uh-huh. Airplane. Yeah. Oh, so, so you can do that. Anyway, yeah. So go. it's not the best food, but. Um, it's not too bad, though, is it, Shirley? Um, it's pretty bad. Like, yeah. it's, it's loaded with just so much preservative yeah. and salt and I just feel so much better when particularly on the long haul flights like I just don't have jet lag or anything if I just eat nothing or my own food yeah let's bring my own food actually really yeah and then you're allowed to do that yeah yeah so oh. if I fly to Europe um last year I had to go to Denmark for work and I just make like a quinoa salad with like roast veggies and kale and stuff that doesn't go soggy mm. um, and just take like, you know, protein balls, fruit, nuts, and that will get me through. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Alrighty, guys, just a quick word uh, from our sponsors. Actually, a quick word from me, but I'm going to tell to you about our sponsors. So True Pride are a wealth creation service who work with ambitious individuals and families looking to take control, worry less, and get ahead. If you're looking for a way to take control, worry less, and get ahead when it comes to your money, True Pride is a wealth coaching business that will genuinely provide you with the tools you need to fast track this. So I've been doing it and I know it kind of sounds like I'm always saying the same thing and they're really helping me you know, and I'm saving money and all this sort of stuff, but I actually am. I honestly am saving money, guys, and I've, I've got savings uh, starting to uh, bank up in the old account, which I'm actually really pumped about. So, you know, I, t- I, was, I was a little bit nervous initially because I was like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm going to jump into this thing and I could really just spend time doing it myself, but uh, it really does work. So if you want to honestly start budgeting correctly, guys, and you want to start saving, which we all need to do, head to www.truepride.com.au forward slash ADVF, and you will get $297 waived when you book or call via their website. Next one along, guys, is Carve. So Carve is a company that specializes in anything digital from building apps, designing a logo, automating your business down to setting up your next event. 
Carbs. Carbs is the partner to be when you want to have more time to focus on the things you love and scale your business down. Getting rid of all the shitty stuff that you really don't want to do, but it has to be done anyway. Offset that overseas. It will get done. It is nice and cheap, and they still get paid very well over there. Get 10 hours free on any project by heading to www.carve.ph forward slash ADVF. Finally, guys, here's the show. So yeah, there's I no quarantine one. issues there? I take, uh, I take just eating No, plane, if you eat it on the plane, you can't obviously take it off the plane, yeah, yeah. but not getting through. Like I, I look a bit weird, like with yeah. heaps of food in my bag. But, yeah, a um, garden patch in your backpack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but apart from that, no, it's fine to take onto the plane. You just can't take it off. Yeah, okay, cool. I've got to start doing that. Yeah. I won't. Yes. <laughs> I take um when I go to when I go to Bali sometimes I don't really can't really be bothered, any, bothered anymore but when I was like training heaps and taking it real seriously I'd take um tuna and sardines and stuff in mm. my bag mm. in my, just hammer them on the plane nah just on the trip I don't put it in my check in yeah that's and you good get, you get through sweet because when I was in when I was in uh, whenever I'd be in Bali I could never find like enough protein yeah you know with them if you go out to a restaurant you could but if I'm like snacking after a surf yeah. whatever like there's always fruit and like I, I would always have nuts as well mm. so I have like a massive bag of macadamia nuts put them through as banana chips no, 9.99 a kilo thank you very much <laughs> I really, it's good <laughs> and, um, that's what I do with avocados so I put them through as red onions Jesus <laughs> I taught um, I taught Jill that's how to so how to um how to take advantage of the the self serve checkout. Oh, and yeah. she literally now is a full time thief. <laughs> yep, it works she's, well. She's yeah. like, I've got to start doing this. It works like, very well. She's oh, I'm too scared to go to uh, the supermarket now. So I feel like I'm walking with fucking Billy the Kid or something. Yeah. Well, I started questioning. <laughs> I started questioning myself where I put like a kilo of salmon through as like an avocado. You can't do that. So like, come, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. yeah. But um, cool. So, it's good. Joe, what's uh, what's next on the radar for you? Personally, personally, um, as a business wise or anything mm. coming up? Um, yeah, I'm starting a group two week cleanse next week, um, which is really exciting. So just kind of like a little bit of a. A detox with a whole group of people um, and really it's like you know the word detox has a bit of a stigma around it but really it's just giving your body a break take the pressure off your liver so mm. like getting rid of all those liver loaders like caffeine and alcohol and refined sugar and taking a few not so great tasting herbs they're, they're not too bad but just to um, help the liver and the detoxification systems so we're starting that on Monday which is really exciting but for people that missing out on this one. I'm going to be running them throughout the year. Um, yeah, so that's really exciting. Um, personally, oh, I'm getting married in three weeks, so hey. I, can't, <laughs> I can't really Perfect see time. beyond yeah. that. We're going to get a gig now, Tom. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Da, 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 da. Oh, that's happy birthday. <laughs> we can do a live podcast from the, from yeah, that's the, right. from the, from the thing. And Mrs. Guy is currently walking down the aisle. And he's looking, oh, oh, there's, there's a ring, there's a ring. And, oh, she said I do, she said I do. <laughs> I just a song. Yes. <laughs> Can you please sing? Yeah. Um, That's great. Yeah, Where so are you just married? Just in South Melbourne, actually. Really? At Luminaire. Oh, okay. I don't know where that is. Yeah, no. it's a rooftop. So it's like got a huge deck and it's got the whole city behind it. Beautiful. And yeah. It's and you're really... marrying that Huey guy for some reason. Yeah. That's a shame. Yeah. It's a real shame. Yeah. I'll say him every now and then. <laughs> no, I love, no, love, he's, love he's, the Huey. He's a Heath legend. Yeah. He's, he's a legend. legend. A leg iron. <laughs> Genuine he's benign. A, he's a Hamas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm never going to be able to say that word again. <laughs> um, oh, oh, very good. Um, 
Right, so I think uh, we'll go to six from six. Yeah, I think so. Um, so, Joe, uh, three questions from me, three questions from Tommy to finish us off. So, are you a well-travelled lady? I would say so, yes. Okay. I love travel. Cool, mm. cool. Live to travel. Cool. So, uh, so... My question is, what's your favourite destination on the planet, place you've been? It can be big, small, can be a country, can be a small town, can be anywhere. Okay. Um, well, we did a big trip to South America earlier this year, so that's pretty fresh in my mind and that was absolutely incredible. So probably the highlight was we did a trek. We did um, the Salcante trek, mm-hmm. so climbed the glacier and then into Machu Picchu and I wasn't really sure what to expect with Machu Picchu. I wasn't sure if it was going to be like just the cliche tourist thing, but it really was like one of the most magical, mm. spiritual kind of experiences Crazy ever. Right. Yeah, so that That's was cool. that was really amazing. I think that would be. Is Salcante like the nine or ten day? How long is Salcante trek? That was five days. Five days, but mm. it was pretty challenging because the. So you're climbing up a glacier. So our first night, I can't remember the altitude, but. Um, Huey did actually get altitude sickness and it was like minus 10. Trust. So it was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he just, he went too hard, too early. <laughs> um, yeah. So, and then, yeah, so you're in minus 10 conditions and then you get to the top and you come back down and then you're in the Amazon and you're like putting the deet on and it's like yeah. 30 degrees and yeah, you're in jungle. So mm. it's a pretty crazy experience. Is that ice picks and crampons? style like uh, when you're climbing the glacier? Nah, no, nah, definitely not. It was just, it was tough though. It was really tough, but cool. nah, not, not that full on. <laughs> no, no worries. Um, tough for me. Sounds, <laughs> sounds epic. Um, that's my favorite part of the world too by mile. Is it? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Super cool. Um, and your dream destination, same thing, can be anywhere, can be big, small. Uh, um, dream destination. South America was such a big bucket list item, so I haven't really thought beyond that. Um, but I've always wanted to go to Cuba and just like Ooh, yeah. drink mojitos and dance salsa. I don't know why. Cool. That's just always been in the back Nothing of my mind today. Mm. Yeah. For sure. All right, cool. So um, my last question is any um, books that you've read that have um, that you've recommended to people? They can be just a fun read or educational read or... Yeah, yeah. Um, that I recommend to people. Or that you would recommend to our listeners in particular. Okay. I always have The Power of Now beside my bed and I haven't read the whole thing for a really long time, but sometimes I can just pick it up anywhere and mm. just read a paragraph and it kind of just calms me. And mm. um, So that's Eckhart Tolle. So that's just... Trying to get him on the show, actually. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm yeah. in touch with his manager. Oh, and, that would be um, so good. Yeah. What do you think of all the stuff he talks about with the... Um, the religious symbolism, like Jesus and, and the Bible, and you're trying to prove me wrong here, Tommy. Yeah, I am. I'm literally, that is exactly what I'm thinking. I can't even remember? remember that part, to be honest. Yeah, he talks about all of the stuff, like um, Jesus talking about all the parables and all that sort of stuff, and how it really was just him symbolising what it's like to be in the present to moment. Be in the present, yeah. You know how. For example, the one that I always say to people that haven't read the book is um, the kingdom of heaven is all around you. And fundamentalist Christians will take it as, oh, you know, if, we, if we're really good, then we go to heaven when we die. And it's a place up there where you get to, you know, get with 40 virgins. Oh, no, that's... that's, another, that's <laughs> Wrong religion, that's, bro. Yeah, that's Muslim. <laughs> Sorry, that could have been offensive there. Um, Hamas, 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 Hamas. <laughs> um, uh, no, but it's things like that as opposed to 
the kingdom of heaven is around you if you're just not worrying about the future and you're yeah. not sad about the past. You're just in this eternal happiness. Yeah. You know? I think there's a lot of truth yeah, in that. that's cool. That's mm. really cool. No, I can't remember that part of it. Mm. But the, the main thing that goes over in my head just from day-to-day life is, you know, when you get really caught up in thoughts and you're just like, you know, repeating the same thing mm. over and over, it does state in one section that 80 to 90% of our thoughts are just useless and mm. really our brains should just be used for tasks and when the task is over, then, you know, you should just try and have a quiet mind and just focus on whatever whatever you're doing. So mm. when I get really caught up in just like silly things, you know, you're just like going over something that, you know, your friend said three days ago or you're worrying about something in the future. I'm mm. like, it's just, it's all just useless thoughts mm. and um, that's just something that kind of really resonated with me. Um, it's a good book. Yeah, it's really good. There's, mm. the, I, I really love reading. I read every night, so I'm a pretty big reader. Uh, one of the books I'm reading at the moment is called Talk Like Ted, and it's all about how to give the best presentation. So it's it's amazing. It's not just for people that you know stand up and give big presentations. Like a lot of people give a presentation um, just in meetings or mm. whatever it might be, but. It's really cool. So it goes through all the elements that make a fantastic presentation and it has the links of some of the best TED Talks. So then you go and like watch the cool TED Talks and so it's a really good one as well. I had that one in my Audible. Is that an actual TED book? Is it produced by TED? Mm, no. Not not the guy. It's not Ted like, the bloke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. No, no, no there's one, there's not one. the guy that started it. No. No, there's one there's one there's a there's a book that was um it might not be the same one, but it was about how to give TED Talks and mm. I had it in my Audible. I wanted, yeah, to, I wanted yeah. to check it out. I think there are a few actually. Yeah, that's mm. cool. Yeah. Um Oh, there's so many books I could go mm. on forever. But um, one I do recommend to people to read is Thrive by Ariana Huffington. I don't know if you've read that one, but she talks <laughs> yeah. about um, the meaning of success. And um, to most people, success is um, money and power. And she had both of those things with, with such a successful business, the Huffington Post. Um, but she ended up collapsing, was in hospital and she wasn't happy. And she's like, there has to be more to success than Mm. just money and power. So she came up with this third metric and there's four, um, aspects to this third metric and it's well-being, wisdom, wonder and giving. And so she goes through those different aspects. Um, and so that's, yeah, it's really good coming from such a high powered woman to talk about wellness and the importance of sleep and meditation mm. and giving and um, just having that, finding that wonder in the world. Like, you know, we kind of lose that. Children have it, but as we get older, we lose that wonder. And um, yeah, so that's a really fantastic one in mm. terms of health, I guess. That's cool. cool. All right. Um, what do you like to do in your downtime when you're not? I understand you're very busy, but when you have some spare time, what do you like to do? Um, I generally like to move, so just do my movement stuff and not necessarily going to the gym and doing a full workout, but mm. it could just be getting outside, going to the park, practicing handstands. Good. Um, yes. <laughs> slowly, slowly yeah. getting there, um, taking my dog for a walk. I also just love the cafe culture of Melbourne, so mm. going out for a Sunday brekkie with my coconut latte and... <laughs> My with Huey and the dog and friends and just reading the paper and yeah, I really just feeling out. that. Because yeah. you do know Ida Portal at the gym, don't you? Is that what you do? Uh, the movement stuff. Yes, yes. So I did two of his seminars, yeah. um, and that kind of started me on the movement journey. I guess that's so corny to say that, but um, 
I have a, a movement teacher, I guess. His oh, name's right. Jules Bergemeister. Um, Jules. Jules, Jules yeah. I did some stuff with Jules. Yeah, very, very knowledgeable. Um, so he, yeah, I work with him and he does okay. all my programming. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, now, uh, second question is biggest role model growing up or um, current inspiration if you didn't really have a big role model? Okay. Growing up, and I guess – so many people would say this, but probably my mum and dad, um, and still now because they were super hardworking. Both my parents are pharmacists. They actually owned their own pharmacy for like 30 years. So I had a small business. Um, but now they're just, you know, they're still in such a great relationship. They have so many friends. I think they've got more of a social life than me. (laughs) Um, yeah. So I just really look up to them in that way. Um, in terms of like more of a work role model, um, there's a, She's a nutritional biochemist and her name's Dr. Libby Weaver. Yep. She's more into women's health, but she's just my absolute inspiration. She's um, very, very knowledgeable. She did nutrition and dietetics, but she then went to study for another 10 years and she gives some really fantastic seminars and she's written a lot of great books and um, yeah, I really look up to her. She's amazing. Okay. And then final question is, if you could invite three people dead or alive to dinner, who would they be? And why would they oh, be there? This is a hard one. It is very tough. Yeah. I always stump people on this one. Really? Yeah. yeah I think because you get a bit overwhelmed because there's just so many amazing exactly. people that you could ask. Um, firstly, I'd probably have the Dalai Lama mm. because I just absolutely love him. He's just hilarious. I can just sit and watch YouTube clips of him talking <laughs> and it doesn't even matter what he's saying. He's just so cute yeah. what he says. <laughs> so I, I have just... to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> How could you not feel good about yeah. sitting around the table having dinner with Dalai Lama? Um, secondly, I've been reading... Tony Robbins lately, mm. so I think he would be pretty cool. Um, I'm not into like the He's whole... He's going to take up two seats probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He'd have to lay him down yeah. sideways and yeah. drop his head on the table. Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, not massively into the whole like screaming and crying and all that stuff that he does at his seminars, but super intelligent, very intuitive person. Thirdly... He's a billionaire, isn't he? <laughs> Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> what the hell? That's a yes, strange he is. Question. Pretty rich, I am. Yeah, yeah, he's, got money. yeah. he's definitely got a lot of money. That's cool. Um, probably Ido Portel. Maybe he could yep. help me with my press handstand just yeah. on the on the dining table. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Have some food. Have some perfect ketones. Yeah, that'd be nice. You might that's be able to it. press handstand walk across a fire. <laughs> across yeah, some <laughs> While the Dalai uh, Lama makes you laugh. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, very good. All cool. right. Well, um, where can people find you, Joe? Social media is anything you would like to P L U G plug. Okay. And not in the Hummus. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Hummus. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's such a good sound effect, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my, God. my mouth is so happy. Yeah. Uh, so, my website is just joeguy.com.au. Yep. Instagram is joeguy underscore dietitian. Um, and that's probably the main things that I use. Yep. Yeah, where people can find Any me. more spots available for this, for your cleanse coming up? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So it starts on Monday, but I'll be doing another one in about three months. So cool. Yeah. Okay. I'll launch that then. Sounds good. Cool. Awesome. 
Cool. Oh, thank you. Thanks, uh, thanks a lot for coming on the show, Joe. Thanks so much for having me. No worries. Pleasure. And that's a wrap. Alrighty, guys. If you enjoyed that show, please subscribe. You can do that on whatever platform you're listening on, be that iTunes or Stitcher. Um, or you can go and subscribe at Adventure Fit Travel's YouTube channel. Um, make sure you subscribe. That really helps us climb the ratings, get more downloads, and, um, and grow the show into the future. Also, anything that you want from the show notes, they can be found at www.adventurefittravel.com forward slash radio. And last but not least, make sure you check out trueprotein.com.au. Use the code ADVF for 10% off. And... 10% off at www.adventurefittravel.com. Use the code radio. Thanks, guys. See you next week.